Real Fun DC. So good you'll eat it up. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Hello and welcome to Industry Night with me, Nikki Nellis, the show that takes you on a deep dive into the happenings of the hospitality industry. Now, sometimes there's a focus on culture and sometimes there's a focus on travel trends. Sometimes there's a focus on passion projects, but it all comes back to the industry. So I want to thank you all for joining me today. And you may have noticed I've been on a bit of a hiatus over the last few weeks. After a very long delay, also known as COVID, uh, David and I finally made it to Sardinia um, for our 25th wedding anniversary. I mean, it's not really our 25th wedding anniversary. It's now our 26th wedding anniversary, but like we don't have to get into that. Uh, but we did make it. Um, and it was really a spectacular, spectacular trip. And here is a pro tip. If you want to go to Sardinia, you want to go in September for several reasons. First of all, the waters are so much warmer. And also, um, there is not as many tourists, uh, especially from America. But if you're going to Rome, they're all in Rome but they're not in Sardinia. So um, let me take you on a brief tour of the highlights of uh, some parts of the trip. So we stayed up north, uh, right outside of a town called San Pantaleo. Uh, we stayed at a gorgeous Relayan Chateau property called Petra Segreta. It is spectacular, incredible amenities, um, and a staff that really takes hospitality to a whole new level. If you're familiar with Relay and Chateau properties and you understand what I'm talking about, I am totally a devotee. Um, I really don't feel like a lot of hotels do it quite like them. Um, so when you're up north in Sardinia, the sort of way to enjoy it the most is to get up every day, go into town and have a cappuccino and bomboloni, and then make your way to a different beach and town every day. So that is exactly what we did. Um, and all the beaches have these restaurants right on the beach. It looks like they're shacks, but then you go in, they are not shacks, they're all beautiful and all the food is terrific. And you can reserve uh, lounge chairs at all the beaches. So it's a real refined way of doing the beaches and seeing all the different culture and cuisine in Northern Sardinia. Two of my favorite beaches were Cala Granu, which is outside of Porto Cervo, and Cala Raza. There's an amazing restaurant there called J Beach. We also went into the interior of the North and went to Yankara Vineyards. So we got a tour of the vines and a taste of all their tremendous wines. So my deal with my husband while in Sardinia was we were only going to drink Sardinian wines, which to be fair, was not a heavy lift. Uh, so lots of incredible Vermentinos and Cananaos uh, and Yankara does a beautiful selection of both. We were fortunate enough to spend an entire day on a private sailboat with the Athena Sail Group. Um, they took us all around the Magdalena Islands. Um, we didn't hit Magdalena. They really took us around to the smaller islands so we could frolic on private beaches, which sounds amazing, and it was. Uh, and honestly, one of our very best meals on the entire trip was on this boat. The crew just cooked a terrific meal of literally fresh out of the ocean, tuna carpaccio, um, beautiful mussels, and then platters of pasta with these little tiny mollusks called wedge clams. Um, it was amazing. And we ate at several Michelin star restaurants. And honestly, that um, the meal on the boat was one of our favorites. 
Okay, so that's just a little glimpse of the six days up north. Next week, I'll hit the six days down south. And even though Rome was overrun with tourists, including us, I'll talk about all the fabulous things we've done in Rome too. So now I have heard from many of you that I have gone kind of radio silent on social, and it's totally true. I really did unplug, and I really kind of enjoyed it. And I'm sort of reticent to get back online, but I am back and soon you'll see some of the highlights from the trip and so much more. So follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And listen, just because I'm out of town doesn't mean the list com wasn't up and running. My team did such an incredible job. So everything going on in the DC metro area is in there and you can stay abreast of what's going on. But let's get to this week's show. So Bethesda, Maryland, once a sleepy little suburb. I mean, not since I've lived here, but my husband did grow up there. And he said at some point in time, it was definitely sleepy. Um, but it is a destination, incredible restaurants, unique retail, and so much beautiful walkable space. In with me today to talk all things Bethesda is Stephanie Coppola of the Bethesda Urban Partnership, otherwise known as BUP. And she brought with her an uh, old friend of the show, Chef Al Alfred Ashish of Duck Duck Goose, Susan Lennon, who I'm so excited to chat about smoke barbecue, and Roberto Petrobono. He is one of the OGs of the Bethesda area because they own Alazzo, Gringos and Mariachis, and Alatri Brothers. We're going to talk to all of them because Taste of Bethesda is coming up, and so too are many other activations, where to eat and what to do. I've got you here. So, Stephanie, it's good to see you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me and, and all of us uh, in Bethesda on today. I'm so excited to talk with you. So let's sort of catch everybody up. In the last 40 years, there has been a significant growth in Bethesda. I mean, how does that yeah. happen? <laughs> I think it started with the Metro. <laughs> so when, yeah, um, when the Metro came out here, um, which was in the 1970s, I think that's when Bethesda really started to evolve from the sleepy bedroom community into something more. Um, buildings were being built here, companies were opening their headquarters here, associations were moving their headquarters here, and restaurants were coming. Um, people realized it was a great place to live, it was a great place to work, great place to raise a family with the great education that we have right here in Montgomery County, and I think it just really grew and prospered and was kind of pretty suburban there for a little while, but really in the last 10 or 20 years, we've seen more and more growth. We've seen significant development just in the last couple of years. Um, we can talk about that a little bit more and lots and lots of great restaurants and lots of great retail and, grow, and a growing arts and entertainment district too. Well, I want to sort of talk about all of that because, you know, in a place like Bethesda, you could just have great restaurants or you could just have great retail or right. you could you know, residences, like you could just have one or the other, but really the way you're most successful is when you have an excellent mix of all of it, because it's, it's about quality of living, right? Yep, absolutely. I think the restaurants are really the core part of what's here, but we love for people to know that when they come to Bethesda to eat, there's other great things to do here, whether it's shopping, whether it's walking around the very walkable community, whether it's enjoying live theater or going to an art gallery or coming to one of our festivals, enjoying the streetery. Um, a lot of it is centered on eating, but there is, there is more to do here, absolutely. Well, so you mentioned the streetery, um, and we <laughs> 
talk a lot about the impact, you know, in previous conversations of the pandemic on Bethesda and uh, what the Urban Partnership did to support the restaurants and retail and everybody who was suffering. So how are streeteries going to stay? Like what, how do things evolve at this point based on where we are? Yeah, great question. Um, so as you know, and, and lots of folks know, the streetery started in the summer of 2020 when we knew that restaurants needed support and that people wanted to support restaurants, but they also were more comfortable eating outside. And then that really just became an activation all of its own. Um, we have live music at the streeteries. We've got kids playing and people chalking the street. We've got big plans for the future of the streetery in the Woodmont Triangle part of Bethesda, where Norfolk Avenue is. We're looking at making it a really semi-permanent feature with great features, great places to sit, great places to hang out with your family, with your friends for happy hour. So there is a real future for the Norfolk Avenue streetery. Um, the other streetery in Bethesda, which is on Woodmont Avenue is still being studied by the county. Um, you know, we don't get to close the street without a significant partnership with Montgomery County. So we do know that they're, they're looking at that and they're kind of considering all the best options for Woodmont Avenue. Um, and then, as I said, for Norfolk Avenue, we're looking at making it bigger and better and more activated. Well, as a patron of Bethesda, I love the streeteries personally. And I know that there are some people who complain about the parking, but it does not, that does not bother me. I would prefer having to walk a couple blocks to park to enjoy the streetery personally. Like I, I value it. I love what it gives to Bethesda. Yeah, I mean, absolutely from the residents, um, the people who visit Bethesda, we get nothing but positive comments and keep it, keep it, make it bigger, make it better, keep, I mean, if we put music there every night of the week, I think people would be there every night of the week listening to music. And then as far as the impact to the business community, I mean, the folks here can tell you they need to get their deliveries, um, drivers need to get in there for their pickups. So we're, you know, doing everything we can to make sure spaces are open and available and, um, you know, trying to work with the restaurants as much as possible and taking feedback. We want the business community to be able to um, sustain their business while also giving people a great place to, to enjoy. Right. I mean, if it doesn't work for the businesses, then it's kind of pointless. So because right. <laughs> I like it doesn't mean everybody else has to like well, it. Well, I think most everybody else likes it. Okay. Um, so let's talk about sort of the recent really extreme growth in Bethesda over the last like four years. Yeah residentially and then because of these high residences you have you know the retail and restaurants going on underneath yeah so just in the last couple of years we've had the elm open which is on wisconsin avenue and that's a residential tower and a commercial tower um one of the local tv stations moved in there recently so um in addition to residents that also brought in commercial um uh, commercial tenants as well, which is great because we want to have people who live here and people who work here. And that's a great way to support restaurants is having daytime and evening um, folks here. And then another um, uh, residential tower opened, um, which has the new Trader Joe's in it. So we know people love to have the grocery store right down there. We know that helps the whole community. And they're just steps from all the restaurants that are here with us today. Um, and then also Marriott, um, another hotel opened Two hotels have actually opened just within the last couple of months. That's great. It's bringing new residents to the community. It's bringing people who may be coming for a conference or to see family or to go into D.C. But the hotel, they also opened up. Yes, they just had their ribbon cutting for their corporate headquarters. So and, you know, their CEO feels very strongly that people are coming back to work a few days a week. And they made that building um, beautiful with lots of amenities. They're literally, that building is steps from all the restaurants who are here with us today. So again, it's this idea that 
we have new residents moving in, but we also have new people coming to work in downtown Bethesda. So that's really significant to keep the community prosperous and to keep our local businesses in business is having people here daytime, evenings and weekends. I mean, that makes sense. All right, very quickly, because I want to get to all the people who we have with us today. Um, Taste of Bethesda, it's back. Two, yes. Two years we could make it happen. <laughs> That's right. We've been on a hiatus. We haven't done it since 2019. Um, so we were thrilled to be back. And we weren't really sure how easy um, or difficult or how many restaurants we would have with us. But we have 40 restaurants who are participating this year. So we're super excited about that. We have the five stages of entertainment. We'll have activities for kids. Restaurants are serving beer and wine this year. So um, lots to be excited about. Lots of new restaurants who have opened in the last couple of years who have not had a chance to participate will be with us this year. And the folks who are with us today. Um, Alazo Smoke, um, sorry, Alatri Smoke and Duck Duck Goose are participating. So it's a great event because you've got your tried and true restaurants and you've got brand new folks and, um, you know, come hungry and try all of that. All right. So we're going to get into all that at the end of the show with all the details. But let's start with Chef Al. Um, Chef Al is an old friend of the show. I've known you a long time. How are you doing? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Good, good, good. So for people who haven't had the pleasure of going to Duck Duck Goose or who really don't know your story, how about giving us a little 411? Uh, sure. Duck Duck Goose is a modern French brasserie, uh, kind of modern takes on French classics. Uh, it's a small restaurant, so get cozy. Yeah, it is a small restaurant. <laughs> how many seats is your restaurant? Uh, 34 without the patio. Wow. But you have the patio. We so do have the patio. So it takes us up to about 60 with the patio. Okay. And, um, you know, listen, it, it's been a crazy couple of years with such a tiny restaurant. How were you able to work things out during the pandemic? Uh, I mean, I can say since you just got off with Stephanie, you know, the streetery really helped. Uh, mm -hmm. It was it was a life changer for us. And I, and I think it's really what kept us in business. Um, you know, we pivoted and then we pivoted and then we pivoted again. Meals to go, family meals to go. Um, whatever we needed to do is what we did. Uh, and we mm -hmm. survived through not only having great people inside the restaurant, but great partners outside the restaurant too, um, both, you know, with our neighbors and, and, and kind of, um, you know, the people that work in the neighborhood and then with organizations like Buck. Well, so how does a small restaurant like you work with an urban partnership? How does it, does it support you? Do you feel supported by it? Like, how do you utilize sort of all the activations and everything that they're doing? Absolutely. Um, you know, for me, I've, my partnership with Buff has been really helpful in that, you know, we have our, our, our restaurant is kind of predicated on being able, the success of our restaurant is predicated on being able to use this patio space. So sometimes, you know, um, it, they help us kind of liaise between us and the county. And when the county thinks that we're taking up too much sidewalk space, Buff is happy to jump in there for us and say, no, they're really not. Um, you know, when, um, when we're, when we're kind of, when we're looking to kind of see people in the streetery and we're wondering, you know, how, how to kind of go about that, the best way buff is always a ready resource for us. Um, you know, when we're looking to advertise a special or something that we have going on and we need to connect with the local buildings, uh, buff jumps in for us and says, hey, we know so-and-so at this new building. Why don't you go and make that connection? So it's, it's a really valuable connection. Well, I think for a lot of restaurants, that is key, right? Because as Stephanie was talking about all this new, uh, you know, office space and residential space, how do you go about educating those people about mm -hmm. you, right? So that's an amazing resource. Sure, sure. Uh, and they, they help put us in front of a lot of people, help put us in front of you, uh, and help put us in front of a lot of people locally too. 
Well, that's terrific. Now, what about doing Taste of Bethesda for you? I mean, for such a small, I mean, I know you have other locations in Baltimore and DuPont, but for such a small location, how does one, how do you sort of handle the mammoth size of a Taste of Bethesda? Um, well, we, uh, we prepare well for it. We don't open the restaurant usually during the hours that Taste of Bethesda is going. Mm -hmm. um, in, it's it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's it's a really nice thing to do. You know, my first restaurant was here in Bethesda. Um, all of my other successes are because of you know what's happened for me here in Bethesda. Uh, so it's it's a non-negotiable. No matter how you know sticky it might get that day, whether it's raining, whether it's a little bit cold, whatever, we don't miss taste of Bethesda. Well, I love that. And what um, what can we look forward to? Do you know what you're doing yet? I know we're doing some sort of like a duck confit slider, and we usually do a a veg option as well. Um, just not sure what that is yet. Okay. All right. Great. Well, so can you tell everybody, cause I know you're a little short today. Can you tell sure. everyone where we can find Dr. Foos, uh, online and on, uh, Instagram, please. Sure. Uh, Dr. Foos can be found online at ddgbethesda.com and then Instagram it's at ddgbethesda. Excellent. All right. Thanks so much, chef. It's so good to so see you. So good seeing you. Take care. Okay, so Susan Lennon is joining me. She's with Smoke Barbecue. Hey, Susan, how are you? Hi, great. How are you? Good. So let's talk about Smoke Barbecue. Give me sort of the 411 on where you guys are and what you do. I mean, I know where you are, but for people who may not know where you are. Sure. We're on Cordell Avenue in downtown Bethesda, just down the street from Duck Duck Goose and Alatri. We all share the same street. You are all on the same street. And yeah. On the are. corner from Alatso. Like you're you're right in the mix. Yeah. There are good neighbors. And um, so we opened in 2013. Mm -hmm. So we'll be 10 years in January. Congratulations. And we're a very small mom and pop barbecue spot. Um, my partner and I started the business after doing private catering. He'd been doing barbecue for a really long time and that was sort of his specialty. And we, I have a background in uh, restaurants and he had the cooking. So we put them together and decided to open Smoke Barbecue. Well, and so, but I know where your space is and I'm just sort of curious, like doing barbecue is, Everybody loves barbecue, but doing barbecue is really tricky. I mean, it's not just throwing something on the grill and especially if you're smoking. So how did you guys go about doing that and making that work with a brick and mortar? Well, you know, we had to make some um, changes. We'd never, um, we, we had to figure out how to navigate that in downtown Bethesda because right. we were used to using outdoor smokers, uh, your traditional smoker. And when we moved into this space, we realized <clears throat> we had to buy electric smokers because of all the hoops we would have to jump through with sure. you know, permitting and regulations. We had to learn how to use those. And, um, but it really was never, um, it wasn't, it, everything went very smoothly in terms of, you know, of structuring our business for the brick and mortar in downtown mm -hmm. Bethesda. You know, the big trick with barbecue is that we get so many visitors from out of town with between, Walter Reed and NIH, and we have lots of tourists and lots of hotels around, and everyone is from Texas or Kansas. Everyone has their own specific style of barbecue. So one of our biggest challenges has been explaining this is 
Bethesda barbecue. It's how we do it. You know, well, I was going to ask that. I was going to say, how do you, uh, how do you uh, best explain the kind of barbecue you're doing? Because barbecue can be, I mean, you could be doing, you know, barbecue from Greece. I mean, you barbecue can encompass so many different styles. So how do you guys explain your style? That's the whole thing. Yeah, we we just we dry rub and smoke all of our meats and we make our sauces in house. We have three um, a barbecue, a spicy version of the barbecue and a Carolina style vinegar. And we just explain to people because, you know, a lot of it is just answering questions. And um, the biggest challenge is people from Texas because they're so brisket central and we do our brisket a little bit different in Texas. So that's the one thing we make sure to explain to Texans when they come into the restaurant. Like you're not going to get the barbecue experience that you get back in your hometown. But, you know, we put out um, a good product and we're really proud of it. Now, when you and your partner decided to open up Smoke Barbecue, what was it about Bethesda that was attractive? Um, he was born and raised here. I was born here and grew up in Gaithersburg. So we're both locals. Okay. And we picked our spot based on the fact that I do live in Bethesda as well. And we wanted to be able to walk to work. I mean, that is a, that is a really good reason. There is something about walking to work. That's really attractive. We wanted to be, you know, this is our local community. We know it very well. We're, Mm -hmm. um, we've been around here for years and we wanted to be, you know, part of that local community. Well, and I, I think as what Stephanie was saying earlier, you know, the, the ability to sort of live and work in the same place, to not have to get into a car every day is really appealing. And because Bethesda has so many great restaurants and so much unique retail, it really allows for, and a gross and grocery stores and everything. I mean, you can walk, you don't have to yeah. get into a car, which I think is really fabulous. Yeah. This downtown area, life is very centralized. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like living in a small community in in an urban environment. Right. I think it's an an excellent way of putting it. Now, have you, you participated every year in Taste of Bethesda? What's your, what's yours, what has your experience been? Um, Taste of Bethesda is our favorite event to do. You know, we look forward to it every year. It's hugely popular. There's tons of people. There's tons of great food, although we're so chaotic that day. I never get a chance to really go enjoy. Um, But, you know, it's really five hours of just pushing our food out, engaging with as many people as we can. And it's sort of like a race to the finish from the time that it starts because it's so popular. And is it, given what's been happening out there with staff shortages and all that kind of fun stuff, um, is that, does that make being a part of state Taste of Bethesda this year a little more challenging? Yes, definitely. I'm like, I'm leaning on friends a lot, you know, hey, haven't seen you in a while. (laughs) What are you doing on the first, you know, kind of a thing. Um, we definitely are. We're, we're still down about 30% staffing wise from pre COVID levels. And, uh, you know, it's a constant challenge, just like every restaurant. So, you know, but, you know, we'll, we'll, um, we'll, we'll work to, you know, make sure that we have enough people to get, you know, to, Mm -hmm. to do that because taste is really important for us. And because there are, so many people get the opportunity to taste your food who otherwise may not know about you. You know, we're on Cordell, people walk by all the time or venture in the door and say, you know, how long have you been here? 
Well, because you're kind of, you're not, you're, it's, I know exactly where you're situated and you're kind of pushed back a little bit. Do you know what I mean? So I I can see how people might miss you. With us and the restaurants next to us, it's very easy just to walk by and, you know, people do. And, and, um, but it's funny when, you know, when they come in, you say, oh, we've been here 10 years. And they're like, I've walked by here a million times. I never noticed it. I never saw it. You know, so we are a small. I know. Um, aren't you kind of like race. keep that opinion to yourself? Like, I, I can't help you if you haven't seen me. That's on you. <laughs> well, to be fair, there's so many restaurant choices. You know, there's right. so much going on in downtown Bethesda. You know, I mean, you could eat out here every night for a month and still not, you know, hit Very the same true. place twice. So. Very true. All right. What are, do you know what you guys are serving for Taste of Bethesda? Yeah, so we do our traditional um, pulled pork is our best seller in the restaurant. So we'll do um, pork and chicken sliders with our sauce. We'll top it with a little coleslaw. And um, we do a really good smoked chicken wings. So I think we're going to serve those. And our mac and cheese, the creamy style is always a a hit. So is there a non-creamy style mac and cheese? Yeah, like a baked. You can do baked or creamy. Yeah. So we do like the, the creamy style. So. Okay. That's good to know. I didn't, yeah. I never, it never occurred to me that way, but I totally, <laughs> okay, great. Tell everybody where we can find Smoke Barbecue on uh, Instagram and online, please. So online we're mysmokebbq.com mm-hmm. and on Instagram we're at smokebbq underscore Bethesda. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Susan. It's so good Thanks to hear so much. about everything you guys are doing. It's amazing. All right, Roberto. Petro Bono. Am I saying it right? I am saying it right. Uh, uh, Pietro Bono. Pietro Bono. The point is, just from coming back from Italy, you should know that. I know. I have to be honest. Like, you know, my husband is fluent in Italian. And yeah. my, uh-huh. I can understand it. But my uh-huh. Italian, I, I just don't have the accent. I can't. You'll get there. You'll get there. I can't say things correctly. It's so annoying. Yeah. Um, all right. So you're like one of the OGs of Bethesda with Alazzo, right? How long has Alazzo been around? Uh, well, technically, next month is 21 years. Wow. That we went it took about six months to build out. And so we, we opened in 2000, uh, 2002, but we actually went in there in 2001. Okay. But yeah. so what was it? Let's talk a little bit about why you decided to open up an Italian restaurant in Bethesda. I mean, we're talking like real pre-growth time. Like it's that was called Restaurant Row at the time, but it was really just starting to take off, right? Yeah, yeah. I was um, really young at the time. I, I was just uh, moving back. I was living in Huntington Beach, uh, California for like three years. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to come back and open a sushi place. And I, I found this little spot. And, and then I was like, you know what? I know Italian. I grew up Italian. And that's all I grew up eating pasta every night. And um, so my brother just graduated from Maryland and he just you know, learned on the fly and it kind of took off pretty fast. But what was it about the, what was the kind of Italian restaurant you wanted to have? And now 21 years later, what is it now? Well, you know, we've changed, we've changed a lot. It's a long time ago. Uh, we've changed, you know, certain dishes, but you know, we do an Amer- uh, Italian American style. It's, it's really a no frills Ita- uh, Italian American. And that's the way we kind of grew up. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I wanted it. We, we put a little spin on it. You know, at the time, people were like, why are you opening here? There's this Italian, that Italian. And to me, it was just about the feel of a place, which matters 
a lot in the restaurant business. And, you know, I was doing um, playing down-tempo lounge music. I did the core. I wasn't playing Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I love it. Right. Uh, but I was doing something different. And we just kind of, um, we just put a little different spin on it and the whole, whole overall feel. Plus, I'm born and raised here. And I had a lot of friends that came out to support. So thank you all. And uh, right. And it's been a, it's been great since, you know, it's, it's a, yeah. Well, so then you had uh, a lot, so for quite some time before you expanded and opened up other restaurants and then you really yeah. hit the home run with Gringo's and Mariachi's because that place is yeah. always packed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gringo's came, uh, I think it was like eight years ago, maybe eight mm -hmm. to 10. I can't keep track, but uh, yeah, eight down the road, I had uh, opportunity to um, move in this spot and, um, we already had an Italian place and my chef was from Puebla, Pueblo, Mexico. And mm -hmm. we always talked about doing an Italian spot. And I used to live in Mexico for four years. Okay. And, uh, and uh, so I always loved Mexican food. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, it kind of just took off pretty fast. And, and um, you know, I'm very thankful and very, uh, um, have a lot of gratitude towards the uh, people here. For I bet. Well, I mean, you know, you're obviously, you have your finger on the pulse of what the diners want, right? Because yeah. if it wasn't working, you wouldn't have been around so long. I mean, same thing with Susan, same thing with Chef Al. I mean, you right. guys are finding what the community wants. Um, it's one of the things I, I do say to um, a lot of uh, chefs or restaurateurs when um, maybe they're struggling a bit. Um, I'm like, I mean, did the community ask for this? I mean, is this what the community once do you know what i mean and sometimes yeah. people open up spots that the community is not there for and you have to start with your community before other people come in um and then you took over uh god what was her name mia yeah. so trying to mm -hmm. think what uh melissa bollinger uh -huh. yeah. yeah so then you took it over and opened up a lottery but you made it yours because mia's was kind of you know like a place for a long time in bethesda so right. How did you decide to go about doing that? Well, we had the opportunity to move um, to to go into next door, and there was a lot of different discussions about what we were going to do with it. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, the wood the wood fire oven was here. Uh, I was doing Gringos in Potomac at the that time, so it was. And I, you know, I'm pretty hands on when it comes to design. You know, I design all of them, so it it, it was a little challenging because I was doing that and this one at the same time. Mm -hmm. So it was real. Um, you know, stressful time, but, you know, I love the way it worked out. And, um, you know, we put our own little spin on it. We have a lot of small plates. Uh, I think we have great uh, wood fire pizzeria, uh, wood fire pizza. And, um, you know, it's worked out really well. We do live music. We share, we have the patio, which is almost year round that we share with Ringo's. Well, actually you did a cool job with that patio because you have that great uh, mural. Uh-huh, yeah. Yep. Well, you have murals also in Gringo's and Mariachi's. I mean, the murals are really fantastic. Yeah. They're unique. They're really Thank fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so did you find with the pandemic that you were able to sort of use that outdoor space, use the street areas? Was all of that uh, helpful to you? Oh, yeah. Well, the patio here it was um, in, at Gringo's and, and Alatria were, they're almost year-round. So. Mm -hmm. You know the people here were, were more comfortable eating outside um obviously during the pandemic and um so that was definitely helpful to have to have this you know we have a retractable awning here so mm -hmm. you know it, it, it definitely worked out well and so now i assume you've participated in taste of bethesda 
for a long oh, yeah. time. Do you all, so do every you all, year. Do <laughs> every all the spaces participate? Uh, this year we're doing uh, just a lot, Three Brothers. Okay. Uh, and and um, but uh, Alatsu was do, did it every year up until the pandemic. So almost okay. 20, almost twenty years. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so now that you're going to be participating and it's Alatri Brothers, like, is it is it a heavy lift for Alatri Brothers to be able to do that, or is it? Well, I'll tell you once it happens. <laughs> I don't think we've done it. Before. We might oh, have done. Okay. It. We've done it before out of here, but you, you, I, you know, it's always a struggle, no matter how long you've been in the business because mm -hmm. your kitchen your, your kitchen it's almost like the first time you get reviewed as a restaurant mm -hmm. which, which is a is, is a crazy thing to see even when a, a, a restaurant just opens and you get your first review you could think you're prepared for it but nothing prepares you when you get that first review and taste of this does sometimes it's the same thing because your your kitchen is is really over is is really overextended and um and, uh, you know, they do the best they can. And most of the time they do a great job. I'm not going to give mm -hmm. them that. They, they, they come through and um, it, it's always worked out well for us. It's stressful, but it works out well for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have no doubt it's stressful because there's a lot of people coming to taste uh, of it. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you know, weather is always a factor. There's always a lot sure. of different factors involved, too. Right. Well, I mean, those are so, there are some things you just can't control. Do you right. know what I mean? Um, right. Well, listen, can you tell me, please? Well, I guess you should tell us what you'll be serving. Do you have any idea? Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing uh, homemade meatballs with pasta. We, uh, we have a, a whip feta, which is probably our, one of our most popular dishes. It's mm -hmm. like a, a cracked uh, black pepper, feta cheese. Um, it's on our, our homemade white pizza. Uh, we're going to do arancini. Uh, yeah, I, I'm assuming you know it's like an arbor, uh, arboreal rice. It's like a, you know, it's kind of like a, Stuff with uh, cheese. Stuff. It's like a little yes. ball of rice stuffed with cheese yeah. and then fries. Uh -huh. And yeah. then we're going to do some cannolis too, because cannolis are always good to finish off stuff. <laughs> At the end of the day, people want a little sweet, you know, sweet step to, to Absolutely. go home. So, Well, I'm very excited to see um, you and um, Susan and Chef Al, A Taste of Bethesda. I'm going to let Stephanie wrap it up. But before we do, just tell everybody, uh, where's the best place to find everything on your restaurants? Yeah, our Instagram is Alatri, which is A-L-A-T-R-I underscore bros. Mm -hmm. um, that's, our, that's our Instagram, and it's alatribros.com. Okay, great. Thanks okay. so much. It's good to see you, and thanks so much for, uh, you. Thank you for joining me today. All right, Thank Stephanie, you. so let's do, like, the hard line. When is it? Where is it? How do people go to it? Like, what does it cost? Give me all the details. All the details. Um, so Taste of Bethesda is Saturday, October 1st from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. We take over the entire Woodmont Triangle Bethesda. So that's Norfolk Avenue um, is the main street that run and then all the side streets that run along Norfolk. Um, free admission. So you just walk up that day. We'll have ticket tents on site. So you buy tickets to purchase food. Um, as I mentioned, we'll also be selling beer and wine this year. So buy extra tickets so you can taste all the great um, beer and wine. There's lots of unique beers and wine um, at all of the restaurants in Bethesda. I know um, Susan does a great job of bringing lo local craft um, booze, as does um, Alatri. So good opportunity to to taste those things as well. Is that um, a new thing? Have you done that before? It is new. No, we haven't. So this is the first year you'll actually be able to buy beer and wine from a tent. Um, we know people would go inside and have drinks, but we wanted to make it easy. Um, we wanted people to showcase what great um, beer and wine menus they have. So yeah, that is new for this year. 
Um, you can check out our website, which is Bethesda.org. You can see all the restaurants that, that are participating. You can take a look at their menus. You can um, take a look at the entertainment lineup because entertainment starts at 11 and that also goes to 4 p.m. And so, so what does um, the entertainment look like this year? Um, it's a great variety. You know, we have loud music um, to keep people there for the day, enjoying um, the music. We have blues bands, we have rock and roll, we have cultural, uh, multicultural dance groups coming. So a little bit of everything. Um, it's really fun. The music that's is great. A lot of fun. All right. So that's Taste of Bethesda. And just before we wrap up entirely, you, um, the Bethesda Urban... Oh my God, it just fell on my hand. Bethesda Urban Partnership. <laughs> Bethesda Urban Partnership. Uh, Bethesda Urban Partnership does so many activations. You are constantly activating all over Bethesda, whether it's yappy hours or arts, um, you know, art shows or things like that. So what are some of the big things coming up for October aside from taste? So Taste of Bethesda is obviously our, our biggest event. And like the folks mentioned, I also have friends coming to work that day um, because I think we're all just a little bit short. So I've begged a bunch of friends to come to town too. We do have a yappy hour um, the next week over in Elm Street Park. So that's just a nice little event. And actually Smoke Barbecue will be there as well. So if you like, love that barbecue, come back and get it a week later. Um, we do a nice little winter event at the beginning of December with local school groups. And we actually get into a lot of planning this time of year for next spring because we start doing things again in March. So, um, and hopefully we'll squeeze a restaurant week in there too this winter. Oh, a Bethesda restaurant week. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, we will stay uh, in touch. Where can everybody go again for uh, taste tickets? And if they want to stay up to date on all the latest openings and et cetera in Bethesda, I mean, obviously they can go to the list or you want to talk about But that part aside, uh, where can they go for you, Stephanie? Um, great spot is our website, which is Bethesda.org. And on Instagram, we are at Bethesda Bub. So you can also take a look at all of our great photos of Bethesda and the restaurants and all the things we have going on. Excellent. Great. Thank you all for joining me today. Okay, so now you know everything there is to know about Taste of Bethesda, but more than that, you know about Bethesda because no matter where you live in the DC metro area or if you're listening from anywhere else, it is a really incredible community with so much happening. And I think we're seeing this happening in sort of suburbs or what used to be sleepy suburbs outside bedroom communities outside of larger cities they're really becoming their own cities which bethesda is now i hope stephanie doesn't mind me calling it that um and i'm so grateful to our guests who joined us today stephanie coppola uh chef al uh, from duck duck goose susan lennon of smoke barbecue and roberto Petrobono, I hope I said it right that time, of Alazzo, Gringos, and Mariachis, and Alatri Brothers. Um, and I want to thank you, too, for joining me today. So I did take you on a little tour of Sardinia. I didn't do that to make you jealous. I just want you to feel the same passion and excitement that I did for uh, this island. And also, I love taking people on my travels with me. Uh, and guess what? I've got more coming up. So lots of fun things to do. Don't forget to follow me at N-Y-C-C-I-N-E-L-L-I-S on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Of course, you go to the list or you want it.com, the online e-zine that tells you everything that's going on in the DC metro area, like Taste of Bethesda, but so, so much more. Uh, tune in every Sunday at 11 on 1500 for Foodie and the Beast, DC's only food and wine variety show. Did I forget anything? 
I don't think so. I think I hit it all. Anyway, thanks for joining me on Industry Night. Check in Tuesdays on Real Fun DC for new shows every week. Be safe out there and have a delicious week. Industry Night with Nikki Nellis. Thanks for listening to Real Fun DC.